Hey there, travelers. I'm Isabella. I'm Riley. I'm Angelica. And this is True Crime International. So, Isabella, we're still in Portugal today, right? Yes. Today we're tackling part two of the Madeleine McCann case. And I know part one wasn't particularly chatty. Uh, This next part definitely will be because uh, I've got a lot of stuff for you guys that you'll have many questions about and many opinions. So this is definitely more of the opinion episode, but I really wanted part one to just be facts as 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 straight a facts as I could possibly give, you know, because it's just so much variation and inconsistency in this case. And we're gonna get into into it more today. We're really gonna like dive into some real good discussion. Okay, okay. So on Monday we left off where the PJ, which is the criminal police in Portugal, became suspicious of the McCanns. I'm sorry, this is really fucking with my opinion of what day of the week it is, and I already have a hard enough time. Today, can you? this is actually the last episode we're recording, A, in 2020, and B, with me in the same country as you guys. A Sunday. Just A, Sunday. Yeah, but I just think, I just, it's just kind of a bummer, because yeah. I really like recording in my parents' closet. <laughs> For the first month that Madeline was gone, the press was super sympathetic for Jerry and Kate. I don't think I did a very good job in the first half explaining just how massive this was. They had donations from all sorts of people. I'm talking the Beckhams, uh, Simon Cowell, J.K. Rowling, Richard Branson, and even the CEO of Topshop let them use his private plane a few times. This was crazy big. These were the days where J.K. Rowling was just, we, we all I thought knew you, she was I a knew good you were person. Bring it up. <laughs> I knew as soon as I wrote it, I was like, Angel's not going to be able to listen to that name and not say something. No, because I used to think she was like such a great person because she did shit like this all the time. Like she was the first person to get off the billionaires list because she donated so much money. But, oh, she's a bitch. We don't need to talk about that here. We can do a... We can get into that on a red eye, maybe. <laughs> a red eye episode of me just fucking talking about <laughs> J.K. Rowling and how much she sucks. It's just it's just Ainge screaming into the microphone <laughs> the whole time and Loki crying. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, so the McCanns mostly stayed in Praia de Luz at the beginning, but they went to a few other countries on a media tour to try and spread the word as far and wide as possible about the disappearance of their daughter. They went to Morocco, Spain, France, the Netherlands, Germany, uh, and they held press conferences everywhere. They passed out pictures of the, especially now the now infamous picture of Madeline, uh, which really clearly shows the birthmark on her eye. Um, she's got, uh, yeah. if you haven't seen it before, on one of her eyes, I think the right eye, her iris just like it just looks like it extends a little bit. It's not perfectly round, um, so it makes it like it's a very distinct feature that not very many people have. I so in the first part of this, I like no, you said like they got the press involved. I didn't realize that they like 
they low-key went on like a press tour. Oh no, they they Ooh, went on rack. a press tour. This is, that's what this was, really. Oh, oh yeah. Like okay. so much press. Which is why I and think it was at- the police were a little skeptic. Yeah. Skeptical? Yep, that's the one. But it was at a press conference in Berlin that they were first asked if they had anything to do with the disappearance, which they vehemently denied, but the damage was done. And a couple of weeks after that press conference, an article was published in the Portuguese magazine Sol called A Pact of Silence, which stated that the McCanns were suspects, even though they had not officially been made suspects by the Portuguese police. The article highlighted how there were inconsistencies in the timelines that the Tapas Seven, uh, and that's the seven other people that they were having dinner with that night, uh, had given, and it also implied that Jane Tanner's story of seeing a man carrying a little girl with similar pajamas to Madeline's had been a total fabrication. Wow. So they thought, like, all of these adults were in on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They thought it was a conspiracy, but I'll, I'll explain more in a minute. The article, along with other Portuguese press and then later UK press as well, the, the press in the UK is like, I, I think the press in the US can be pretty bad, but I think the like the UK tabloids are just horrible. They are so much worse than I think the US. But they they were speculating that the McCanns and their friends were swingers, which like, what does that have anything to do with anything? First of all, like, they were who cares? making shit up. <laughs> like, that's not, that has nothing to do with this. Exactly. And if they were, what does it matter? Right? <laughs> I really don't think that they were, but if they were, it literally makes no difference to this case whatsoever. They just, they just wanted something juicy. They were just like throwing shit at the wall to see what would stick and see what people would believe. So theories, ridiculous theories grew and grew. But the theory of this so-called pact of silence uh, between the nine people at the dinner party was the one that really sort of held the most weight. And the idea is that this pact of silence was that everyone at that table knew what had actually happened to Madeline and had all agreed to never speak of it. Huh. I mean, if I was friends with someone and they asked me to do that, I don't care how good of friends we are. I wouldn't yeah. make a pact not to speak of it. The only way I could see that happening, which like still, why would it happen? Um, is like if they were just ashamed by the way like they handled watching over their children. Because like to me, my first instinct is like, I really wish that instead of, like, going to check on them periodically, they'd, like, take shifts staying with their kids. Yeah. But, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Why, why would they create a pact of silence? That doesn't... Uh, I'm not covering up for you. <laughs> yeah. Covering up Love for you, y'all, but I'm just not. <laughs> yeah, no, same. Unless, unless it's something where I... If it's like a self-defense that could very easily be uh, seen as, like, could be manipulated into being something else, even though it wasn't, I would cover up for you guys. I mean, we're talking about a missing child yeah. here, though, so. Here, I would not In that instance, I'm not covering up for anybody. But, no, you brought up a good point, Angelica, of uh, how they were checking on the kids, because this is by far the most common criticism of the parents. Uh, and, I mean, all of them at the table were doing it. Mm-hmm. But obviously the the fingers getting pointed at the McCanns because it was their daughter that went missing. 
Um, but Jerry explained what he's asked a lot about it. They both were, but he explained it that it did to them. It didn't feel any different than having dinner in your backyard while the kids sleep in the house. Yeah. And obviously it is different, but the reason no one questioned the safety was because that's just how it felt to them. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's a right or wrong thing. That's just how to them, that's just how it felt. And that's why they didn't think of it as unsafe in the slightest. So it wasn't only the press that became suspicious of Kate and Jerry. The PJ were extremely suspicious. They said that they were given incorrect information by the McCanns and their friends about how they entered and left the apartment. When they checked the kids, whether or not they had gone in through the front or patio door, whether or not uh, the doors were locked, and whether or not it was possible for an abductor to get in through the window to the kid's room. And, and the window, last- sorry, but the window would be on the other side that they couldn't see, right? Yeah, it would have been on the side. Okay. Which... And they also couldn't see the front door. So, like, isn't it possible, like, if the front door happened to be unlocked, that they could have gotten in that way? Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's part of the reason why they that they don't believe that it was a break-in because there was no sign to force entry, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. But I, I, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the window because this is super important. So, in Portugal, most houses and apartments have these really specific kinds of blinds on them. And I couldn't even like type out, I I just have, I have to explain what they are because we have the same ones in Spain. So I know exactly what they're talking about, which is, I really like having this insight. So um, these blinds are designed to block out all sunlight whatsoever. And it helps keep uh, your house or apartment cool in the summertime if you don't have AC, which in Spain, I do not have AC. And those blinds are a lifesaver because they really help keep out the, the heat from the sun. Um, and they're really thick. They're like metal and they kind of stack on top of each other. Um, and they, to raise and lower them, you just kind of have a string that you pull on and it, there's like a box above your window where, uh, the blinds roll into. And so, uh, it can only be raised and lowered from the inside using that string. Um, and so it's speculated, well, the McCann's speculated that, the potential abductor entered through the window uh, by lifting the blinds on the outside in order to get in. And I do not believe that for a second. Like using, no, I I have those blinds in my apartment. You can't just lift them. And they're loud. They're loud. Oh yeah, most most blinds are really, really loud. And then if it was that loud, wouldn't the twins have woken up? Like, yes gonna get to that in a second put a pin in that there's a lot of things that we just have to come back to these are the these are the kind that like if you bend them they make a snappy noise too right Mm -hmm. yeah you you hear no no, no. we don't have these types of we don't have these types of blinds in the states which is why i'm trying to describe them what are they let me find a picture yeah i'm gonna google a picture what are they called i don't have a specific name hold on i know exactly what you're talking about because i watch a lot of Spanish TV. <laughs> I can't. I'm gonna. Anything. I'm gonna copy paste a picture for you. Okay. Oh, I googled. I think I know what you mean. These ones. Hello. I'm waiting what? for the paste to load. Yep. 
maybe refresh. Yes. Like, like a. It's almost like uh, one of like the. Like at work. Yes. Like the way, like, <laughs> like if you're at a concession stand and they have like those metal things that pull down to close the window, that's almost yes. exactly what these are. Yeah. Pretty much. Someone just touched their mic. It was me. Sorry. <laughs> I accidentally hit it. But yeah, these these blinds, they can't just be lifted through force. That's not how it works because they they like roll up and you need the string and it's just like it, and they also they also lock like when I when I pull mine down, I have to pull the string out to basically unlock it and mm-hmm. then I let it go up. I can't just like straight pull it down. It, ha- it has to go out and then it, they go down. So I just I I don't believe that they could be opened from the outside without a lot of force. There's no way. But Jerry said that he tested it himself to see if it was possible to open it from the outside, and he said that he could. And the B, the PJ pretty much agree with me. They're like, yeah, it may be possible, but it's going to take a lot of force and it's going to make a shit ton of noise. They're not quiet. Um, and I so I absolutely agree with them there. They're noisy. And I mean, like they're made of metal. So surely the kids would have woken up. The twins were in the same room, you know. I mean, they weren't they like they weren't in a private area either. Other people would have heard. And one someone would have woken up and been like, like, I feel like one of the kids would be scared that they would like make a noise or like go out the other side of the house or apartment. Exactly. I mean, the twins wouldn't have been able to because they were in like one of those. um like, like packing things. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Also, Jerry said he tried to open the blinds from the outside himself, so that meant that he would have put his DNA on the blinds before the PJ ever collected DNA from the scene. Yeah. And if he was like standing outside the window, then his stuff mm-hmm. is going to be there too because he stood outside the window. But some people could argue that he only did this demonstration or tried to do the demonstration because he wanted like people to see him putting his dna on the stuff because what if it was there before exactly like he wanted an explanation for it exactly if they had done something to madeline it would have been a great way to cover up their tracks and Mm -hmm. that's how pj saw it yep so then there were the dogs this really put the McCanns in the hot seat. Two sniffer dogs came in from the UK to sniff the apartment and the McCann's rental car. These dogs are it's a, it's a very good boy and a very good girl. Very, very good. We love them very much. One was trained to respond to the smell of human blood, and the other was trained to bark at the smell of a human cadaver. Both dogs alerted to the same spot in the apartment, which was behind the sofa in the living room. They also both alerted to the trunk or boot, if you're British, of the McCann's rental car. So, okay, but they're just barking at a cadaver. I mean, some other shady shit could have gone down in this place. Exactly. So, uh, but at, at the time... This really made the public, especially in Portugal, and the Portuguese people, they were already really frustrated mm-hmm. that this British girl was getting all the press when they had their own missing children that were getting no attention. Yeah. That they is really, so frustrating. 
I would be frustrated too. And they really turned against the McCanns. They were like, yep, we got it. We got the evidence. They definitely did it. So in early September 2007, the McCanns were officially made Arguidos by the Portuguese police. And they started working a theory that Madeline had died somehow as the result of an accident in the apartment and that the parents fabricated an abduction story, got their friends in on it, hid the body, and then disposed of it three weeks later. Again, I just, I, I, it's getting a whole group to cover for you without cracking. I don't think that would work ever. So here's also, my six part explanation as to why this theory is absolute horse shit. Well, I was going to say, where did they, where did they think that they, they had stored Madeline for this three week period okay, where they so, just had her body? Yeah, we're going to get into this. I've got a six part explanation. It's horse shit. I swear. Okay. So the PJ speculated that Madeline had died as the result of an accidental overdose of a sedative that Kate and Jerry had given her and the twins to help them go to sleep so that way they could go to dinner. They back this up because the twins slept soundly not only through Madeline's abduction, but also through the chaos of everyone coming in and out of the apartment right after. If you remember from part one, everyone was just walking in and out. The twins slept through all of it. And like kids can sleep hard, but not that hard surely right now i can't say why the twins slept through all that noise there are some theories but are you really telling me that kate and jerry who are both experienced doctors would be dumb enough to accidentally od their daughter on a sedative also the mccann's weren't known for giving their children sedatives to help them go to sleep so <sighs> Also, I'm just saying, maybe those children weren't even actually asleep for that whole period of time because, like, during the chaos, they probably, like, they were like, yeah, these two kids are here, but they probably, like, weren't paying attention if their eyes were open or if they were shut the whole entire time. Like, there are definitely times. There are some theories that if it was an abductor, the the abductor could have given all three kids a sedative, which would explain why Madeline would have been able to be taken out of the apartment with no noise and why the twins didn't wake up in all of that chaos. Uh, yeah, but I don't be believe true. that the, the McCanns would OD their kids on a sedative when they're both experienced doctors. Yeah. Well, and like what Angel said, I can think of like multiple times when I was a child that I like woke up to something in the middle of the night and I knew it was going on, but my parents didn't know that I was awake. Yeah, same. Especially, like, especially things that were like maybe a little bit like chaotic or like when there was like a lot of commotion, like if if something was wrong with my sister or my dad or something or the cat did something like they thought that I was just still sleeping. They didn't think that it had woken me up. Yeah, because like as a kid, I remember like waking up, um, but because in like there being a ruckus, a loud, loud voices, stuff like that. But because of the fact that it was, it belonged to voices that I knew, I didn't like actually get up, get up. I kind of like was in and out of sleep. Well, there would have been a lot of voices in that apartment that they wouldn't have known. And also they're only like a year and a half old. They're little. Mm. So if okay. they're woken up to a bunch of people in the apartment and a lot of commotion, I'm sure that they would have been like, hey, what the hell's going on we're scared because we're babies and we don't know what's going on because they were born in 2005 and this is 2007 so that and i know yeah i don't think they were i don't think they were quite two yet so they were really small 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there was a time when I was like four, maybe, when something happened with my dad's insulin in the night and like firemen ran through my house and like I was awake, but I didn't say anything because again, if they're people that, you know, if they're people that um, are an authority figure and they know what they're doing, sometimes you're just not scared. Yeah. Yeah. But at four, you have a lot more wherewithal and more communication skills and just, a, you have just have more understanding of things. True. I mean, these, the 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 two little the twins are you know they're still babies like they're they're just like entering toddlerhood basically you know yeah maybe they they're going to be priors. More scared more easily okay so number two the idea that the abduction is a story comes from people's statements of when Kate came running out of the apartment uh, we discussed this a little bit in part one uh, some people believe that she said they've taken her. And therefore, this was a way of her trying to plant the seed of the abduction story. Mm. But we actually don't know what she said because some people say that she said they've taken her. Some people she says that she said someone's taken her, and there are some people that back her up on that. And I mean, come on, how in that in that situation are you really thinking about your semantics? Yeah, I feel like you could say anything, like, anything could come out of your mouth when you're frantic like that. Who cares? Like, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think it matters so much if it's Dave or someone like, I, I, I think can't say what I would say. Much. Like, that's, that's, that's reaching to me. Me too. I think people are reading into it too much because you don't know how you would react in that sort of situation. I hope I never have to experience that sort of panic. And really, if you think about it, if if you believe someone's taken your daughter and you're in this brand new panic because you've just seen that she's missing, I think they would be an appropriate pronoun to use, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's gender like neutral. You don't know who's taken your daughter. I think they were, they were thinking that the word they is pointing to someone specific where if, if she did say they, I, it could be, it could be used as such a general thing, you know? So number three, the idea that the McCanns had a pact of silence over what exactly happened makes absolutely no sense to me. This is literally what we've been saying the whole entire time. <laughs> You're telling me that a group of friends on vacation together, all of whom are parents and all of the, all of whom have their children with them, would all react the same way to members of their party accidentally killing their daughter and be chill with helping them cover up the body and all like the whole thing while discussing the details calmly over dinner? No, absolutely not. And not only that, are you insisting that not one of them cracked? Yeah. (laughs) Like seven people. Literally, I'm I'm sorry, but like (laughs) they would have noticeably, at least one of them would have noticeably been flustered, unable to make eye contact, etc. with the Yeah, like Like, nervous. No. No. Exactly. This is seven people, and they would not have had a lot of time to sort all of this out. And there's no way that it would be like that no one at the restaurant, no one else that was there that night, not their server, no one said that anything was weird about them they would just said they were nine people having dinner you know yeah yeah it's not like they were like whispering to each other like looking around suspiciously like they were just having dinner exactly and when it comes to the inconsistencies in their timelines i mean 
I think if anything, it shows that they're innocent, that like that there isn't this pact because you've got nine people all having all having dinner together. They're all on vacation. They're relaxing. They're drinking. They're having a good time. And I'm sure they're keeping track of the time for when they individually have to go up and check on their kids. But they're not doing that for everyone at the table. So they're probably thinking, and the the inconsistencies weren't huge. So someone might have said, you know, oh, this person got up at 10 and this person, or, and someone else might say this person got up at quarter past 10 because they're slightly aware of the time because of when they need to go do their checks, but they're not keeping tabs on when everyone is coming and going specifically. Because why would you? You're on vacation. You're enjoying yourself. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way there's a pact of silence. Whoever wrote that, honestly, fuck you. It is it's bullshit so number four where on earth would they have hidden madeline's body for three weeks when there were so many searches all over the area so many ground searches air searches and so much media all over the place literally not possible. it's not like they knew this area well they had never been there before yeah just no that one's not it either yeah when would they have time when like when would they have had the time to hide the body while they were at dinner you know there just wasn't enough time for that and i don't believe for a second that they actually od'd their child and just went to dinner like nothing happened they're not fucking psychopaths geez so my fifth point is with regards to the dogs as much as i love them and as good as they are and they're so cute i don't think we can trust it because think about it the mccanns were not the first people to ever stay in that room We don't know what could have happened before they were there. And also, they didn't get their rental car until 25 days after Madeline went missing. Again, it was a rental, you know? Well, then that doesn't make sense. And also, the dogs, like, they're not trained to point out the most recent, like, scent of blood or human cadaver. cadaver. They can't can't distinguish time. It's any any blood or human cadaver. Exactly. The dogs had also alerted to some of Kate's clothes. And so some people are like, oh, well, she carried her dead daughter's body. But it's like, she's a doctor. It's not crazy to think that at some point she's come into contact with blood and death, you know? She's also a mother. Like, do you know how often kids scrape their knees, scrape their arms, get bumped in the head and they bleed a little bit? Like, and I mean, not to bring this into it, but she's a, a woman. So blood wouldn't be the the weirdest thing to find on her clothes? Literally. And number six, my my last one. If the rest wasn't believable, this by far, at least to me, is the most unbelievable. This case was gargantuan in the media. And I cannot overstate that enough. And like I said in the last episode, they were followed everywhere they went reporters were camped outside the house they were staying in after madeline's disappearance 24 7 when would they have been able to not only retrieve the body but also dispose of it with all the attention they were receiving there's just no way there's There's, no way yeah exactly there are obviously so many more details but there's no way we could get through all of them if you're really interested you can go watch that eight-part documentary series about the case Honestly, there's almost too much information. In writing this script, I ended up deleting like an entire page because I was like, you know what? This information at the end of the day is not relevant. It's not going to get us anywhere. No. So I'm going to skip ahead a bit here because like I said, there's just so much information. But 
most of it is not relevant. For all the reasons I listed above, and also no actual evidence, the McCann's Arguido status was officially lifted on July 21st, 2008, the same day that Robert Moratz was. What? None of them did it. It doesn't make sense to me that Roberts continued. Right? Yeah. After he literally just lived down already. The I don't. Absolutely. Like these, these three people, they didn't do it. There's no way and there's no evidence that they did it. And because there was no evidence of anything, really, the PJ ended up closing the investigation in 2008. It was just taking up a lot of money and resources, and it just wasn't going anywhere, so they had to make it a cold case. It's just frustrating because, I mean, obviously, it's frustrating for everyone involved. It was in the media so heavily that people wanted answers, you know? But if they just close the case, then it kind of, like, makes people lose hope which is never yeah. fun in an investigation about a missing child. Or, I mean, an investigation about any missing person or murdered person. It just sucks. Yeah. For sure. But the McCanns didn't give up that easily. And Good. they used the money that was raised from all those celebrities and also just from other people all over the world that donated. Uh, they hired PIs to try and find Madeline. And for a few years... They were only, like, the only investigations in this case were being done with PIs. The biggest theory as to what happened to Madeline was that she was abducted and sold into a pedophile ring. And unfortunately, we know for, I mean, this is just a fact, there are busts all the time, that there are massive pedophile rings operating in Europe and North Africa. And I mean, everywhere. Like, there, yeah. you don't even you don't even know how many there are. It's ridiculous. Literally, like the one um, in Michigan. Yeah, there's I a huge only, one in Michigan. Literally, there's been a few actually. Like, there was one connected. I I forget the case, but like this small little island in Michigan, like North Fox the- Island. Yes, it was connected to like the in Oakland County murder. I literally just looked oh, this yeah, up the yeah. other day because I was talking to my co- yeah. my coworker about it. Literally, they're everywhere, and you don't even know. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I mean they're definitely common and super active in Europe and North Africa, and the in uh, many of the pedophile rings in Europe and North Africa like work together, I guess, and yeah. Many believed that since they were in the southernmost part of Portugal, she could have been put on a boat and taken into Morocco really easily. Or she could have been put into a car that went into Spain because they weren't too far from the Spanish border. And yeah. it's like, it just makes it so frustrating. If, if, if those theories were true, knowing that the PJ didn't start roadblocks until 12 hours after her disappearance, they didn't alert the the coast guard they didn't alert the border controls and that's really frustrating because especially in the case of like a missing child the first thought in in people and investigators mind should be like where would this child be taken and roadblocks and and alerting the border can really help to to stop whoever took her from getting so far you know like immediately like they could they could have not even left portugal they couldn't even have left the county it just it's really frustrating oh for sure and actually there were a lot of people all over the world that swear that they spotted madeline somewhere um and there were so many tips that it was absolutely impossible for them to keep up with 
all the tips that they were getting. Uh, but the most famous sighting, and I actually remember seeing this published on one of our magazines here back when I was 11 when this happened, uh, was in Morocco, where two Spanish tourists saw a woman carrying a toddler that looked just like Madeline. And I included the picture. What year was this? This was still 2007. It this really been, does. I think this was September, October. Like, like the nose, you can kind of tell, and like her hair looks very, very similar. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is the picture that went the 2007 equivalent of viral. Yeah. Uh, it was published everywhere, but it's super grainy. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it's really, me, really grainy. To me, because I don't off the top of my head remember what Madeline looks like. Like, the amount of, like, small blonde toddlers with bangs. Insane. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I... I get, like, why someone was, like, hopeful that this could be her, but. Well, if you look, she doesn't look like anyone else that's with her in the picture. Well, I can't really see what they look like because it's so grainy. I mean, there's a there's a boy whose skin is definitely darker. He's got dark hair. He looks more Moroccan Mediterranean. The woman carrying her definitely looks the same way. And so she looked out of place. And people were like oh shit that might be madeline and the mccanns sent their pis to the atlas mountains where this picture was taken to try and find that little girl and they did they did find her but it wasn't oh. madeline and actually in that uh area of the atlas mountains there were a lot of like little blonde haired children it is actually like a genetic thing there where it's really common for kids to be blonde when they're little and then kind of grow out of it yeah, I mean, so, especially, like, any hair color when you're young. Like, I've had cousins who had, like, dark brown hair and then they turned blonde. And they had, or they had blonde hair and then they, or then blonde hair and it turned dark brown. So, it's just. Hair color <laughs> always changing. Especially with kids, it's hard. When you, there, there are, uh, they did take pictures of the little girl once they got there that are much clearer. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's definitely not Madeline. But because of this picture is so grainy and because of the angle with which you see her face and you don't quite see all of it, uh, I can see why people thought it was Madeline because, damn, it looks a lot like her. In it does. Picture. It does look very much like her. But since that lead didn't get anywhere and there was no formal investigation, I mean, the McCanns were just devastated. They were so devastated. But they got a stroke of luck in 2011 when then Prime Minister David Cameron, which unrelated, but fuck you, David Cameron, uh, <laughs> reopened the case and it was called Operation Grange. Why? Why Why fuck you, David Cameron? No, why Operation Grange? I don't know. I don't know why they named it. I don't get to choose the names. They don't explain. Whack. Though Operation Grange has worked tirelessly on this case, they were not the ones who made the big break that came in this case this year. Well, last year, because this is going up in 2021. In June 2020, German authorities came forward and said that they had the person they believed to have murdered, yes, murdered, Madeline in their custody on unrelated charges. Wow, okay. Hmm. The suspect, Christian B., his surname is protected under German law. You can find it if you want to. I found it, like, no problem, but I want to respect the German law here. He's a 43-year-old convicted drug trafficker, rapist, and child molester. So, 
Good stuff. He lived in the Algarve for many years, especially around Praia de Luge. He worked on he, he worked a lot of odd jobs there. He's currently in prison in Germany for the rape of a 72-year-old American woman in the Algarve in Portugal. He was living in Praia de Luge at the time the McCanns were at the resort. His cell phone records show that he was very near to where they were staying the night that she went missing, like on the same street. And not only that, but the morning after she disappeared, he changed the registration on his vehicle and then left for Germany a short time after that. Definitely suspicious. Yeah, that's really, really suspicious. German authorities are certain that Christian B. abducted and killed Adeline, even though they don't have any forensic evidence to back up their claims. It's all circumstantial evidence, but circumstantial evidence is still evidence. It's better than any. This is an ongoing investigation. Yeah, this evidence is better than all the other quote unquote evidence that they had before. Like before, it was just throwing shit at the wall to see what would stick. This is an ongoing investigation still. But this lead, in my opinion, is by far the strongest one that they've had. I'm sure that the German authorities have even more evidence than they're giving us, but they're just, they haven't convicted him with anything. It hasn't gone to trial, so they they don't want to release everything that they have, you know? Yeah, it's only a few months later, so it makes sense that it wouldn't have, like, progressed so far yet. Exactly. So I'm, if if they are so certain, I'm sure that they have more evidence than they've given us. Uh, but even the evidence that they've released, I'm like, okay, okay. This is definitely the best lead we've had, for sure. But we're just going to have to see what happens in the future. And um, if there's an update, I'll definitely do a layover on it because I'm super curious. I'll definitely be following this. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah, I feel like I'm always following it because I always, like, when that thing came out about the the German guy, I did see it online, but... Nothing has since happened, so I'm always waiting for more. If there's one thing that I definitely believe, it's that Madeline's not alive, unfortunately. The strongest theories for so long was that she was either in a pedophile ring or that she was basically sold and adopted out and was being raised by someone else. But I have a really hard time believing that. Because this, it would have gone, this is, it's been 13 years. How could it have gone unnoticed for this long, you know? Especially given how high profile it is, and especially how easy it would be to identify her because of her unique iris. Someone would have seen something over these 13 years. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I just want to say that I do genuinely feel horrible for Kate and Jerry. Crime Junkie did this on their, they did this case a few weeks ago on their Patreon. And I didn't listen to it, but I did go onto their Facebook group to see if people were talking about it because I wanted, I was curious to see what people's opinions are these days, so many years later. Because sometimes with high profile cases, opinions shift over time, which like that definitely happened with OJ. And I wanted to see if, something similar happened here and absolutely not even though it's pretty clear that they didn't do it they are still very much blamed for her disappearance and death and i just they know they fucked up they know that because of decisions they made which seemed so small at the time their daughter's no longer with them and they have to live with that for the rest of their lives 
I saw people saying that they should be put in jail for child neglect and that it's all their fault and they need to be prosecuted. And I, I don't believe that. I think having to live with the guilt of what your decision did to your daughter. I mean, they wanted her so badly. They went through IVF to have children, you know? Yeah. yeah I don't think I they think... would do something to intentionally harm their child. No. I think that it people just bad-mouthing them isn't really going to do anything. I think that, like, I mean, sometimes we get statements from parents who have to unfortunately deal with this. Um, who acknowledge the bad choices that they made just to, like, avoid it happening to someone else's child, you know? Uh, But Mm -hmm. people uh, dissing them isn't really helping anything. It's never going to. Talking more about what to do to avoid these situations is much more beneficial. Exactly. And Kate talks about it in the book that she wrote, she talks about all the decisions that led up to that, the, the essentially the worst one, which was leaving the kids in the apartment, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, some people could make the argument that she's probably, you know, she just wrote the book for money. And to me, she wrote the book to tell her side of the story because they were slammed so much in the media and there was so so many lies told about them. I think I would probably do the same thing in her situation. And the regret with which that like I, I could feel her regret and sadness in reading the book and I just feel horrible for them they made a bad decision that I don't deny for a second I don't think anyone does but I don't think they need to be punished for the rest of their lives because they already I mean, are exactly one thing that I do want to say though is if you're on vacation with yourself, with your friends, with family, young people, be aware of your surroundings and the people that are around you because whoever took Madeline had to have been watching her, had to have been watching her during the day, what she was doing, had to know where her apartment was, how to get in and out of the apartment. Like That's just so scary to me that that some people don't think to look for things like that. Like every day when you're at the pool, is there one person there who is the same person? Do you see the same person at the pool, at the restaurants that you go to when you're walking around? Like just 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 keep your eyes open and be very aware. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, that actually reminded me of a detail that I forgot to add into the script. Uh, when the McCann's and their friends made the like week-long reservation at the restaurant the restaurant staff wrote in their books that these nine people would be there at that time every week and they made a note that they would be leaving their kids in the yeah rooms and that mm-hmm. book was just left out for anyone to see yeah so it's yeah just be aware and be alert But that's it. That's the case of Madeline McCann as we know it right now. If we get more information in the future, I'll definitely do an update to the case, even if it's just like a five-minute thing. I'm far too invested now. I was already invested before, but now I'm just like, I'm in too deep. But I would really like to know your thoughts on everything. I've expressed my opinion on Kate and Jerry, but I would also really like to know yours because I'm not a parent. And if you are, I'd like to know 
what you would have done differently or just sort of your general opinions on everything. This is such an interesting case to discuss. So if you want to come talk to us about this case uh, and you also want to see some pictures from this case as well, you can hop on over to our social medias. We have Instagram at TrueCrimeINTL. We also have a Facebook group, True Crime International. Um, If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, we would really, really, really love it if you left us a five-star review. We would be so excited and so grateful. It really helps to boost the show and it helps more people find us. Uh, Last but not least, we have a Patreon. We only have one level currently. It's $5 a month and you get a ton of extra bonus content on there. We'll also shout you out on the show very enthusiastically. We love getting new patrons. Well, travelers, this has been an episode of True Crime International. We hope you've enjoyed your stay. Bye. Bye. Bye.